Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we're looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're actually looking at Psalm 90 this morning. Now, Psalm 90 is a psalm or a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Now, according to Matthew Henry, this psalm refers to the sentence that was passed on Israel in the wilderness in Numbers 14. And so I thought this morning it would be appropriate to read Numbers 14, which is going to be a bulk of our reading this morning, so that we have the context for that. And then we'll read our psalm, which happens to be 17 verses. I'm praying that this will speak to our hearts and cause us to draw even closer to God. Now, if uh, my voice sounds a little bizarre this morning, once again, I've come down with something. It's just been a rough winter for me uh, when it comes to this stuff, but we're getting through it, and God is still good and gracious and merciful, and uh, I'm praying he provides me with the grace I need this morning uh, to to get this work done for all of you. So with that backdrop, let's begin. We're going to start by reading from Numbers chapter 14. Let's begin. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Now, just a little bit of context. They have just received the information that in the promised land, if the spies went, that the promised land is filled with the Nephilim, the giants. So now they're terrified. And we judge them because, you know, they've seen the supernatural acts of God and the provisions in the wilderness and all this. And we say, how could you guys not trust God now? But, put yourself in their shoes. Imagine you go and you look at the land, it's literally filled with giants. These are not tall men, these are Nephilim, according to the scriptures. It's going to be a little more frightening. Why is this the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. Of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. 
Do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with their stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in a tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me, and how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? I will smite them with pestilence and dispose them, and I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought up this people from their midst. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. And you must go before them in a pillar and a cloud day by, by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you slay this people as one man, then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, Because the Lord could not bring his people into the land which he promised them by an oath. Therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. But now I pray, let the power of let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in lowly kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third and fourth generations. Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people. According to the greatness of your loving kindness, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. Moses right there demonstrates what it looks like to come boldly before the throne of grace, doesn't he? Verse 20. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word, but indeed... As I live, and all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times. By the way, notice how God's keeping track of that. That's interesting. These ten times. And have not listened to my voice shall by no means see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall they of those who spurned me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites live in the valleys. Turn tomorrow and set out to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. The Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness, even your numbered men, according to your complete number, from twenty years old and upward. Who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Your children, however, whom you said would become prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. But as for you and your corpses, 
will fall in the wilderness. Your sons shall be shepherds for forty years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. According to the number of days which you spied out the land, forty days, for every day you shall bear your guilt a year, even forty years, and you will know my opposition. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this thing I will do, all this evil congregation who gathered against me in the wilderness. They shall be destroyed, and there they will die. As for the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land, even those men who brought out a very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. When Moses spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people mourned greatly. In the morning, however, they rose up early and went up to the ridge of the hill country, saying, Here we are, we have indeed sinned, but we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised. But Moses said, Why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord, when it will not succeed? Do not go up, or you will be struck down before your enemies. The Lord is not among you, for the Amalekites and the Canaanites will be there in front of you, and you will fall by the sword inasmuch as you have turned back from following the Lord. And the Lord will not be with you. But they went up headlessly to the ridge of the hill country. Neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and struck them and beat them down as far as Hormah. So that's the story in Numbers. Tragedy. Great tragedy. And we'll dig deeper into that. Uh, when we get to that study as part of our Torah portion study. I just wanted to read that to set the stage. Matthew Henry says this, It is supposed that this psalm, the one we're getting ready to read, Psalm 90, which is only 17 verses, refers to the sentence passed on Israel in the wilderness in Numbers 14. Let's read the psalm, and then I'll read a little bit more of his commentary to finish up. Here's the psalm of Moses, the prayer of the man of God. Here's what he said. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away with a flood. They are as sheep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up, and in the evening it is cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thy anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee. Our secret sins are in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, 
Yet it is the strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thy anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts. Wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein we have afflicted us, wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants, and the glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. Moses is kind of making the point that, a point that the Bible makes a lot, especially in these books of wisdom, is that our lives are but a vapor. They're short. He says, he says the days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength there be four scores, yet there is strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Our life doesn't last long, and in fact, it's filled with troubles, is what Moses is saying. And then, in compared to in God, as far as God's concerned, time is much slower. That's what he, that's what he means when he says, For a thousand years in thy sight are but yesterday, when it is past, and as a watch in the night. This isn't some secret clue, by the way, on how to know how many, you know, that, well, people try to, people abuse that, this type of wording to make the thousand year reign means it's symbolic because, you know, to God it's a day, a thousand years is a day. That's not what these, that's not what this means. It's just talking about how our lives are short and filled with trouble and God's perspective of time is much different because he's eternal. Matthew Henry says this, and then I'll finish. It is supposed that this psalm refers to the sentence passed on Israel in the wilderness. The favor and protection of God are the only sure rest and comfort of the soul in this evil world. Christ Jesus is the refuge and dwelling place to which we may repair. We are dying creatures. All our comforts in the world are dying comforts. But God is an everlasting God. And believers find Him so. When God by sickness or other affliction turns men to destruction, He thereby calls men to return unto Him to repent of their sins and live a new life. A thousand years are nothing to God's eternity. Between a minute and a million of years there is some proportion. Between time and eternity there is none. All the events of a thousand years, whether past or to come, are more present to an eternal mind than what was done in the last hour is to us. And in the resurrection, the body and soul shall both return to be united again. Time passes unobserved by us, as with men asleep, 
And when it is past, it is nothing. It is a short and quickly passing life as the waters of a flood. Man does but flourish as the grass, which when the winter of old age comes will wither. But he may be mown down by disease or disaster. What's the point here? Life is short. Number your days. Make sure about your relationship with God. That's the only real peace that we can find. So many waste their lives seeking after nothing, right? That's why Jesus says, don't bother. Don't bother storing up treasures here on earth. What good? I mean, it's just going to rust. The moth will get it. Thief might steal it. Store up treasures in heaven. Store up treasures in eternity. Your life is short here. And it's filled with trouble. Serve God. Because eternity is going to mean a lot more. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those who support the podcast and make it possible each week. Couldn't do it without you. And I'm just grateful that you provide me this opportunity. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.